Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller of Heller Wealth Management. Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I'm not going to sing to you, but happy birthday, man. I know that was yeah. uh, a little bit ago, but uh, uh, I, I got to say it on the podcast so people know Larry is one year wiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you mean, no singing, Eric? I'm disappointed. Well, if I'm going to do it. Or maybe I shouldn't be disappointed. At least the audience maybe shouldn't right. be disappointed. I'll turn on the echo and just have a moment. No, never mind. Okay, we'll turn that off. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about something that's that's very interesting to a, a lot of people. I know that. Uh, and it, I love the title. Inherited IRAs are a ticking tax time bomb, right? That's uh, that's something that we have to talk about because there was a, a change with the SECURE Act, correct? Abs- absolutely. A lot of people may or may not realize what the change is or really what the impact's going to going to be. You know, it's not going to affect everybody, but for those that are going to have IRAs that are eventually transferred to their to their children or mm-hmm. their non-spouse, there could be a lot of taxes due now under the new rule. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that everybody knows that uh, I think the Secure Act was actually before COVID even really hit, but uh, bottom line is that they spent a lot of money, and so they're going to have to go after taxes one way or another, and this is just one more way. Yeah, so why don't we, why don't we kind of dive in and kind of talk about what the change is All from right. the old rule to the to the new rule. Before the passing of the SECURE Act, which was in the beginning of 2020, most non-spouse beneficiaries who do inherit a IRA or a 401k, they could choose to withdraw their funds by taking a required minimum distribution over their lifetime. So they were able to what's called turn it into a stretch IRA Mm -hmm. because it was based upon the life expectancy according to their their age. So if somebody younger was inheriting this, now they only have to take out a small amount and the rest of it could grow tax deferred for years and years and years and able to stretch it over their lifetime. It was a great tax tool for leaving money to your children and letting them have it grow tax deferred. I guess the government finally realized that really wasn't the intention of an IRA. It really was for retirement, not Mm. to be tax advantage for the next generation. So on January 1st, 2020, so anytime now, anyone who dies after January 1st, 2020, their decedents have to take their inheritance, or a few exceptions which they'll talk about, but they have to deplete the account by the end of the 10th year following the passing of the parent or the relative. Mm -hmm. So they're no longer able to stretch it out over their lifetime. Now, it's interesting. They don't have to take, they can wait 10 years and take it all out in one lump sum, Mm -hmm. or they can take it out a little bit each year. But, One of the things now that you have to plan for is let's say you inherit this money from your parent 
during your prime earning years. And now you're forced to take out a large amount of money during one of those years when you're in a high tax bracket. Therefore, the tax bomb that you could actually have to pay if you don't plan for it. And there are some things that you could do also to maybe avoid some of that, which we'll talk about. Just so everyone is clear, there are a few exceptions to the rules. There are three exceptions. If there, if you name a minor beneficiary, which we don't really like to do for a lot of different uh-huh, regions, uh-huh. but if you name somebody who is a minor, and that depends upon what state, whether it's 18 or 21, the 10-year payout clock doesn't start until they become of age. So that's exception exception of rule number one. Exception rule number two is if the 10-year distribution rule will not apply to beneficiaries less than 10 years younger than the decedent. If you were nice enough to name the beneficiary your friend who's only three years younger than you, then the rules don't apply. Oh, okay. So that's exception number two. And the exception number three is uh, the if the beneficiary is disabled. So it allows for disabled benefits to take it out over their lifetimes. So there are three exceptions to the rule that everyone should should know about. Now, and I don't know if you know this, Larry, but being disabled, I'm using air quotes on a podcast, of course, but being disabled could mean a whole lot of different things. Do you, do you happen to know what the rules or regulations on what the disability has to be or how it has to be classified? Or is that something that people need to be looking up? Eric, yeah, it goes by the definition of what the IRS says is disabled. If anybody wants some further information on that, you please feel reach, feel free to reach out to me. We'll give our contact information at the end of the podcast. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And I, I, I hesitate to even wonder what the IRS's definition of disabled is. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty strict. But anyway, so we know there's three exceptions you covered. So what are the things that we really need to consider when if we have an IRA that we want to pass? Yeah, so before, you know, way before you're even thinking about planning on passing an IRA, is you've got to think about are you going to need this money to live on? Is your spouse going to need the, the money to live on? And if they do, then maybe you're not really consider planning or using this as, as part of a planning tool. How old you are, how old your spouse is, how old your children are. You want to kind of think about that. You also kind of want to think of what tax brackets, what tax bracket are you in now? What tax bracket are you going to be in later on? Are the laws going to change going forward to increase your taxes? Or the, and what eventually is the tax bracket of the inherited person, such as your children? Again, we don't know all these things, but those are some of the things to, to really, to really think about. And the interesting part about this is when you have an IRA account, you can kind of separate this. You kind of, you can say, oh, you know what? I want to carve out a piece of this IRA for my heirs. Mm. And I'm going to say, well, that's going to go to my heirs and everything else we're going to kind of live on. And again, you're not making that, you're not actually giving anything until you pass away, pass away. It is a little complicated to think about this. We there are clients that are people we we meet, and they're really not using the IRA money or the retirement money to live on, and it's really just growing for them. So that's where we can get really creative and start to really plan what to do with this money in these qualified accounts. Yeah. Hmm. All right. 
So considering all those things, talk about some planning strategies, Larry. What do we do? Uh, so there are some there are some very interesting strategies that we could do. The first the first one is a Roth conversion. What that is is you're converting money from either a four hundred one k plan mm-hmm. or that you're no longer using or are actively working at or a traditional IRA, and you convert that into a Roth IRA. Now, when you convert it into a Roth IRA, you're paying taxes, so you want to be careful and see what tax bracket you're in. Mm -hmm. But provided beneficiaries wait at least five years after you first funded the Roth IRA, distributions will be tax-free. So now, if you convert your uh, IRA to a Roth IRA, yes, you will pay taxes now. That money will continue to grow for you tax now tax free because eventually if you take it out mm-hmm. you won't pay taxes on it and then eventually if you leave it to your your children they still have to take it out within 10 years but guess what no taxes mm, yeah. so you're actually kind of prepaying the taxes for your children you you want to look and see what tax bracket you're in and if you're in a low tax bracket you may want to convert part of it. One of the things we like to do is look at the the different brackets and the different tranches and fill up maybe the 12% bracket or maybe even the 22% bracket, depending upon what tax bracket you think you're going to be on later in life or when your children inherit that. Mm-hmm. Looking at the tax brackets, doing the Roth conversions, and this goes against a lot of accounts thinking, why pay taxes now? You always want to defer, defer, defer. Not necessarily. And we can run the numbers and actually play this out and show you what the gains are over your lifetime and what the additional money going to your children could be later on in life. So Roth, we love Roth conversions. If you can, if you are in a low tax bracket, really consider, really consider a Roth conversion. And if you are unlucky enough to be 2020s gone, but if you were in a if you're in a year where for some reason you're in a commission business and your income is down, that's another good time to either consider a Roth conversions. Look at at, at really the first strategy is is deciding if it makes sense to do a Roth conversion. Yeah, and and honestly, I think that any parent is gonna if if I can take on a little bit of a tax burden. So that my my son or my daughter doesn't have this huge tax burden, you know, if I pass it to them, I think that would be, I mean, that's a huge gift, right? I mean, that's a that's a great way to bless uh, the next generation for sure. Absolutely, either a child or sometimes even a even a grandchild. It's very interesting to what you what you can do with some of these Roth conversions. All right, what's next? Charitable giving. So we're really going to just talk about it from a high level. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you're talking about money that you say you, you're not going to need and you're going to either, you, you want to kind of make this a beneficiary for your, your your children and there is some type of charitable benefit to this. You're establishing a charitable remainder trust and you're naming the name the beneficiary of a retirement account the Child Borrowing Trust, the CRT. So the beneficiaries then of the CRT are your children. Now what happens is the Child Borrowing Trust could make payments to your kids for up to 20 years before the remaining assets were distributed to the charity you selected. Mm. So let's just play this out now. You leave the money to your to a 
charity will remain the trust that you've set up. Now, there is a cost to set up and there is a cost to administer this, so it's not for everybody. And you really want to make sure you discuss all the pros and cons with a professional. But you you set up a charity, a child will remain the trust. You name the beneficiary, the child will remain the trust. You pass away. During the next 20 years, the trust makes payments to your kids. And then after 20 years is up, the remaining assets are distributed to the charity. It's a lot more complicated than that, but it's something to be considered if you want to spread the payments out longer than 10 years, and you also have some charitable gifting in mind. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I think that would be such a great strategy for somebody who wants to leave money to both, right? I mean, and it's just not, yeah, well, that sounds great. Yep. So, and again, it's a way of stretching it over 20 years instead of 10 years. But again, the the the, the, the remainder of the money does go to the charity and not to your children. And so, so the payments that the charity is making to the, the children, that is taxable income to them, correct? That is taxable income. That is taxable in to, Got it. In, income to them. Yep. So but like you said, it's 20 income, years. But it, it's 20 years yeah. instead of 10 years, correct? Yeah, big advantage. Third strategy, life insurance. Now, we don't sell hmm. life insurance, but it may make sense may make sense to fund a life insurance trust, possibly with net after-tax withdrawals from your qualified accounts, from your IRA, your 401k, to, and then you would fund the life insurance. So let me explain that a little bit easier. You would take money out of your IRA, you would pay the taxes on it, and then the balance of that would go to pay for a life insurance policy. The life insurance policy could be in a trust, so therefore, when your children inherit it, they would inherit that tax-free and also estate tax-free. Now, there's a lot of variables that come into play. Your health, how old you are, does it make sense, what the premiums are. Mm -hmm. But it is something also to consider because, again, if the children are going to be in the high tax bracket later, are you better off paying a little bit taxes each year? Or maybe you're not in that high of a tax bracket, so you can withdraw a s- amount, keep yourself in the 12% bracket, pay a little tax, use that money to fund the life insurance, and then when you ch- when you pass away, the children get the life insurance, which could be greater than the after-tax amount of taking the money out of an IRA, inherited IRA, over 10 years. Hmm. Another very interesting strategy to consider. Yeah, that I mean, again, that, that would be a huge benefit. Are there any other strategies? Well, those are really the strategies. There is something I do want to point out. It's really not a strategy. It's really one of the reasons why I call this a, a ticking tax bomb. Mm-hmm. We have seen uh, people that have left named the trust as a beneficiary. So if you name the trust as a beneficiary, and sometimes the the trust says, well, you're only allowed to take out minimum required distributions because this was done before the change in the tax law, guess what happens? You now pass away, goes to the trust, the trust takes out only minimum distributions for 10 years, and boom, they have to take out the entire lump sum in year 10. If you have a trust as a beneficiary, you need to revisit this trust. You need to revisit the beneficiaries and make the according changes. 
Yeah, that's one of those situations where, I mean, if if somebody is in that situation, you might as well just take a year 10 off of work, right? <laughs> just just take a whole year off because you're going to have to take out that lump sum and that's going to be huge. Well, I mean, depends on how big the IRA is, but that, that could really throw you into a much higher tax bracket. Absolutely. And it's hard to really do planning yeah. for so many years down the road because now you're thinking, okay, let's say I'm in my... 70s and I'm going to live another 20 something years and then my kids will inherit that and somewhere in between maybe my wife would get it or your husband would get it and that they could be younger Mm -hmm. than you and you're really planning for something 20 maybe 30 years down the road possibly you really want to think this through you really want to look at all these numbers because by the time they inherit it it's too late now you're now you're stuck with whatever Mm -hmm. whatever that that is and paying whatever taxes there there are at that particular time yeah Well, Larry, you and I have been podcasting together for a very long time, and I know just through experience, you barely, barely scratch the surface on all these pieces. And I know that you said you were going to give your contact information out at the end. I'm just going to reiterate, if you're listening to this right now, you have got to seek out professional help because everybody's situation is unique. And all these different strategies that Larry was talking about, that one of them might fit, none of them could fit, or a couple of them could be an option for you. You just have to you have to sit down and talk about it. So Larry, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. So if you'd like to determine if any of these strategies may be beneficial for you, you can go to my website at hellerwealthmanagement.com and click on the link and sign up for a free consultation call. Or you can just call the office at 631-293-2806. Perfect. I know that I always hint to it at the at the close to share this with you know family or friend, but really truly do do share this because if you've got folks in your life that you think may be facing this situation, or they've got kids or grandkids that you know that they love to death and they wanna they wanna bless, it'll be a much bigger blessing if they have a strategic plan in place uh, with with Larry or their advisor. Either way, please share this podcast with them. Larry, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And again, happy birthday, man. Ah, oh, thanks, Eric. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. Here's that hint I told you about earlier. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 